0: KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.
1: Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Monday August 9th, nursing homes seeing more COVID-19 cases. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The Northern California Dixie Fire is now the third largest wildfire in state history. It's burning across Plumas and Butte counties and is forcing evacuations in Lawson County. According to the CAL FIRE map, the fire has burned more than 480,000 acres and is 21% contained. Craig Clements leads the Wildfire Interdisciplinary Research Center at San Jose State University.
2: Once we get into our offshore wind season, which is our fall, uh, if we have ignitions dur- during those wind events, it could be very challenging for firefighting agencies to manage those fires. Already, these fires are becoming a challenge.
1: Clements says human-caused climate change and overgrown forests are to blame for this year's dangerous fire conditions. The California Republican Party will not give out an endorsement in the recall campaign in a move meant to signify party unity against Governor Gavin Newsom. The move was proposed by National woman Harmeet Dillon.
3: So that we can issue a no endorsement in this race and keep our focus on recalling
1: the worst governor in the United States. Recent polls have shown the governor could be in a tight spot with his base of Democratic voters less engaged and less likely to turn out for the recall, which takes place on September 14th. San Diego County officials have closed the shoreline at the Tijuana Slow National Wildlife Refuge and Border Field State Park due to contamination found in water samples exceeding state health standards. The San Diego County Department of Environmental Health and Quality says the closure stretches from the border to the south end of Seacoast Drive. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by...
1: California became the first state in the nation to require workers in healthcare settings to be fully vaccinated. The new rule comes as the COVID 19 Delta variant is causing cases to spike among residents and caregivers at California's nursing homes. KPBS's Amitha Sharma
4: has more. New cases among California nursing home residents jumped 53% Wednesday, bringing the current total to 185. Outbreaks amid nursing home care staff also grew 47%. Carl Steinberg is president of the Society for Post Acute and Long Term Care Medicine.
5: Well, we're definitely well into yet another surge of this virus. It's, uh, you know, we keep thinking we're getting to the end of the line and then uh, it throws us another curveball. That's clearly what's going on now.
4: San Diego County hasn't seen a big jump in nursing home cases. Steinberg says it could be because the county has relatively high vaccination rates in nursing homes. Locally, approximately 75% of caregivers and 90% of residents have been vaccinated. Three San Diego nursing homes have had small outbreaks among residents, but around 30 local nursing homes have reported new cases of fewer than 11 among caregivers. Steinberg fears those numbers will continue to rise.
5: And I think uh, ultimately uh, we will see many facilities have to go back to significant restrictions on visiting and that sort of thing. Um, I hate to say it, everybody was so happy that things were, were going in the other direction.
1: And that reporting from KPBS's Amitha Sharma. The order last week by state health officials requires all nursing home staff to be fully vaccinated by September 30th. Last year, in the midst of supply chain impacts from the pandemic, some San Diego bike shops were struggling to keep bikes stocked. Today, the problem is bike parts. KPBS's John Carroll has more.
6: At Adams Avenue bicycles in normal Heights owner Chuck Kofer has all the business he can handle and he says that's the case at bicycle businesses everywhere I think a lot of shops saw as much as you know again 20 30 maybe 50 percent increase in sales um, during during the pandemic so when we visited Kofer last August where are the bikes <laughs> the problem was a pandemic inspired spike in sales and not enough inventory to meet demand yeah I probably have eight new bikes to sell. Fast forward almost a year and now Kofer's still dealing with inventory issues but he's got plenty of bikes to sell these days. Now the issue is parts. We're missing both high-end parts and everyday consumable parts. That means Kofer can't sell a lot of the parts that he actually has in stock. If I was just to sell every part I can get my hands on for walk-in sales that leaves me with no parts to do service and service is a big part of our business. So while the city of San Diego invests big bucks to make America's finest city a fine place to bike, the pandemic continues making it a challenge, first to get the bikes, and now to get them fixed.
1: And that was KPBS's John Carroll. We've reported for the last week or so that COVID-19 related hospitalizations are steadily rising both in San Diego and across the nation. The bulk of infections reported by the county is among the unvaccinated, but the number of vaccinated people catching the virus is also rising. As ICUs continue to fill up, health officials are urging more preventative measures to limit the spread of the virus. Dr. Ghazala Sharif is chief medical officer for Scripps Health. She spoke with KPBS midday edition host Jade Hindman about the situation in San Diego. Here's that interview. So, the current
7: number of hospitalizations is nowhere near its peak back in January, but it's still cause for concern. What will prevent us from getting back to those startling numbers we saw earlier? I mean, is the vaccination wall enough?
3: Yeah, right now, if you think about this, the incubation time period is from two to 14 days. So, whoever's already been exposed has already been exposed, and and those hospitalizations will continue for now. Unfortunately, what we can do is, yeah, start the vaccination cycle again, let's get everybody vaccinated. But the biggest thing we can do right now is go back to masking, distancing, all the things we know worked before that we kind of let up on uh, with the state lifting the, the requirements, but it's time to go back to that. Otherwise, we are today at Scripps Health, we have 122 patients in the hospital. At our peak in January, we had 500 and we are rapidly growing that number um, daily. And that's a startling trend for us.
7: Do you think we need to be moving in the direction of a lockdown again?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be hard, to be honest, in a lockdown. There, people, are we're tired. Everybody's tired of, of, of COVID and having a lockdown again. I would love to prevent that if we can. It was hard. It was hard on businesses. I felt truly for them as well, but we've got to do what we can now. And I really think that if we can just buckle in, do the mask, social distancing, you know, really try to limit. All the get-togethers you know everybody's going going out and going to parties I, i'm surprised how many people are still doing all of that right now remember that vaccinated people can still transmit the virus so that's the difference with this delta virus right it is highly highly contagious 50 percent more contagious than the original strain that's what it's a cause for concern so whether you're vaccinated or not you should still be wearing your mask right now And let's try and get our arms around this so we don't have to go back into the lockdown and all those things that we had to do before. These are the simple measures we know work. And
7: what are you doing to respond to this increase in hospitalizations at Scripps?
3: Yes, we're trying to be proactive. We learned some lessons. We, we believe in learning from what we've done before. We've got our surge tents back up again. Those are actually already in play. We are rebuilding our negative pressure rooms so that we are ready. Uh, unfortunately, if there is an influx, staffing uh, is an issue. Staffing is a, an issue across the region, not just at Scripps. And so we really do need the public's help in trying to get our arms around this. Otherwise, I am concerned that if we don't have the staffing, if the numbers keep going up, then we have to go back to what we did before with canceling procedures and surgeries. And that's really hard on people who have been waiting a long time to get those procedures done. I really do not want to go back to that level. But if these numbers keep going up and we have a staffing you know, imbalance, we may get to get that point again. And I really, again, don't want to do that. We have a lot of people waiting to you know, get their care. We don't want them to have to, to do this again. We've done this once, let's not do it again.
7: Are you seeing any hospitalizations from breakthrough cases?
3: Yes, we are. If you keep in mind, when Pfizer came out with their data, initially it was 94% effective. Now they're saying with, with the Delta variant, the vaccine is 88% effective, which means that you're still gonna get about 12% breakthrough rate. And we are right at that number. It's Scripps, we're seeing anywhere between a 10% and a 17% breakthrough rate, and that's on the fully vaccinated. Those patients uh, tend to be be older and have more more underlying health illnesses, as we would expect. But overall, length of stay and ICU admissions are much lower in the vaccinated. So I often get that question of, well, why should I bother getting vaccinated then if I'm gonna be in the hospital anyway? The answer is the severity of illness is less. And that's what we would love to get everybody to that point. So even if you do need to be admitted because you're a breakthrough, you're not going to have to stay in as long. And frankly, the death rate is lower if you're vaccinated.
7: Speaking of patients, are the type of patients you're seeing hospitalized now different from the patients you were seeing during the winter surge?
3: We're seeing a lot of younger patients coming in before everybody said, oh, this is a, you know, this is just for, for the older patients. That's not the case. We have, we have somebody in house who was 23, we have a 24, 25 year old. These are unvaccinated. So we're seeing a trend, not just the breakthrough cases, but in the regular admissions, younger age groups, which really means that we do have to get that vaccination rate up again. Otherwise, we're going to keep doing this COVID cycle. More variants will come in. My concern is at some point, do we get to a variant that the vaccine is infected against at all? because we have not gotten to that herd immunity level yet.
7: How are our staffing issues affecting how this uh, current surge is being dealt with?
3: Right now, we are we're managing very effectively the, the the cases that are coming in. my concern is if we keep getting more and more of these cases. And remember, we right now are, are seeing regular volume that's the same as our winter volume. That's never seen in the summertime. Usually, there's a de- decrease in cases in the summertime. Now, we're we just having the influx of Normal patients, you know, chest pain, shortness of breath, maybe because people delayed their care during COVID. Now they're all coming to the emergency department, and then on top of that, we're seeing this. And so that that's the management piece. So if we 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 have to get to a point, we may have to go ask for the staffing waivers that we had from the state to help that out. But right now we're managing. But my concern is that we keep going this way, we are going to get back into that area where we had to cancel procedures and things like that. If you think about this, two days ago we only had five staffed intensive care unit beds left. So everybody had a nurse that was in house, but having only five ICU beds that are staffed is concerning, right? If we get a sudden influx of patients, you know, we're going to have to be creative about how we take care of people. And uh, we've done a great job with that before. But again, we don't want to get back to that level.
7: Right. I mean, the worry prior to vaccinations was that our hospitals uh, wouldn't have enough beds and equipment to care for patients. Is that a worry with the surge?
3: Right now we have the beds with the staff is the issue, right? And frankly, we're not getting as many traveling agencies coming in. People, you know, I don't, don't, we just don't have that staff to rely on either. There's a lot of people that are retired or decided they don't want to work anymore. That People are going on vacation, right? And so getting that staffing balance is difficult. So right now we have the beds, we have the equipment, it's the staffing piece. And so that's, that's my concern because when we had 500 patients in January, you know we were limiting surgeries we we had traveling nurses that were coming in we just don't have that that capability right now
7: what have you been hearing from other area hospitals are they having similar experiences
3: yes uh, the chief medical officers and i uh, we keep in touch regularly we meet on a regular basis we have been since the start of this uh, covid you know thing that we've been in for for a year and a half now and so i'm hearing the same same concerns uh, children's hospital let me know that they're getting uh, pediatric patients being admitted as well. We saw that at the height of COVID. Now we're seeing it early. So the younger age group is definitely being affected. All the emergency departments are very, very busy right now. So we're all seeing the same thing.
1: That was Dr. Ghazala Sharif, Chief Medical Officer for Scripps Health, speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Hindman. Coming up, climate change and sport fishing in the North County. We'll have more on that next, just after the break. An effort to improve California's air quality could have unintended consequences for sport fishing. Some boat owners say a new proposal to limit pollution from boat engines could cost them their businesses. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne has more. Captain Joe Casilla
8: says his company is finally making a comeback after COVID robbed him of a year of business.
5: Ever since May, it pretty much took off. And I'd say because of the pent up demand, we're really close to being back to normal. Captain
8: Joe has owned Sea Star Sport Fishing in Oceanside for the last 40 years.
5: And we do uh, sport fishing trips, we do sea life adventures, which is whales, dolphins, birds. We do floating science lab with science labs. We do that uh, with elementary and high school uh, students. And then we also do the burials at sea.
8: But just as business is back up and running, he has a new worry about some proposed regulations to improve air quality. The California Air Resources Board says current commercial boat engines are old and put out polluting fumes. Karen Caesar is a spokesperson for CARB.
5: California has the worst air quality in the nation, and we have these these federal uh, standards that we have to meet, and and it's 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 often painful, but we have to we have to make these regulations if we want. Uh, clean air to breathe.
8: CARB wants boat owners to upgrade to newer, less polluting engines. But the engines they're requiring don't exist in the U.S. for sport fishing vessels.
5: There's no, no manufacturer in the United States makes them, but yet they're going to require us to put them in our boats. Well, if they're not there, how can you do that?
8: The engines are made in Europe, but they're so big, they physically don't fit on the fishing boats.
5: And some of these boats are not going to be able to accommodate the equipment because there's equipment that you're going to have to add.
8: CARB acknowledges the problem. David Kiros is a CARB manager and says if a boat can't be upgraded,
5: it would need to be retired from service, potentially sold in an out of state market.
8: Captain Joe said that isn't a possibility.
5: Nobody's going to do that. We can't do that. That basically takes us out of business.
8: CARB suggests replacing old boats with new ones that meet the requirements.
5: To actually build a new boat to replace what I have, anywhere from $1.2 to $1.5 million. And that's just one boat. So multiply that by how many boats, it's not going to happen. We can't do it. It's it's not possible.
8: If the regulations are adopted later this year, boat owners will have six years to make the change. CARB suggests that during that time, sport fishing businesses raise their prices in order to start saving money for a boat loan. Frank Ersetti is the owner of H&M Landing, the largest landing on the West Coast.
0: The customer base for these boats, for this type of activity, are the folks who can't afford to buy their own boat. They can't afford everything that goes along with owning their own boat, such as a slip, registration of that craft, maintenance of that watercraft, etc. What we're doing now is we are beginning the gentrification of recreational fishing.
8: He said these regulations would devastate this industry and all the businesses that support it.
0: Right here, right outside my door right now, there's, there's over 2,000 jobs that would immediately go away. Those are the directly impacted crew members. And we're not talking about their families and what that means to them. But immediately those jobs would evaporate.
8: Captain Joe and Erseti hope CAR will consider an upgrade to the next cleanest engine that is easily available and physically feasible.
0: Every one of these boats, every one of these boat owners would be lined up, standing by ready to up tier to tier three so that we can continue working.
5: Well, so we would hope that the conversation uh, would include some, include some kind of a compromise because everybody, all of us, Owners, operators, we're all for clean air. Believe me.
8: CARB will be holding two more public comment meetings in
1: November before the regulations are adopted. And that was KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne.